When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, this is Jeff Hartman, senior editor at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, Friday podcast. I hope that you're having a great week. I hope that you're gearing up for Thanksgiving. I hope that you've been checking out some of our Thanksgiving podcast, the BTSC Gives Thanks podcast. I was the one that kicked that off on Monday. If you haven't listened, go back and check it out wherever you get your podcast, search Steelers, or Behind the Steel Curtain, subscribe, follow, whatever you're platform requires all that stupid terminology and make sure you check them out and we're just gonna have a lot more coming up thanksgiving turkey day is upon us did you know i didn't know this until maybe a couple years ago that the day before thanksgiving today wednesday hump day is the biggest party day of the year now i know with 2020 and all the stuff that happened in that crazy year everyone kind of forgot but Man, it's, it's it's the day before Thanksgiving. Everyone's back in town, and typically that leads to a lot of gatherings at local watering holes. Yeah, I don't know. Getting a little tipsy, making some bad decisions probably, but still, I hope everyone's gearing up for Thanksgiving. I know that I have some – I have a lot of family coming over. We are hosting. We moved in July of this past year, this current year, I should say, and this is our first holiday here in this house, and I'm excited. I'm really excited for it. Parents are coming in. We're going to get some golf in. Uh, Yeah, it's going to be nine holes with the kids. It's going to be chaotic. It's like herding cats out there. But still, hope you are ready for the holiday. If nothing more than to sit down and watch some football, which, by the way, big shout-out to the NFL for not putting the Steelers on Thanksgiving because I hate when the Steelers are on Thanksgiving. Why? Because I have to do a lot of work for games, and I didn't want to have to do work on a holiday. I don't like Christmas games. I don't like Thanksgiving games. There you have it. Let's get things started. This Wednesday podcast, of course, we are going to be hitting up the mailbag in the second segment. My Ride or Die crew did not disappoint once again. I felt like some people were just really dejected, though. You know, After the tie, they had a lot of questions, a lot of concerns, but now... I don't know. It just feels different. It feels like some people have just kind of thrown in the towel. Like, yeah, this guy, they're done. These these guys stink. That's what the Steeler fans are saying. Yeah, these guys are awful, man. They stink. Well, you know what the funny thing is? And this is the title of this podcast. And that is, the Steelers are who we thought they were. But is that bad? Is that bad? 
They are who we thought they were. And yes, that was a quote from the late, great Denny Green. And I'm going to play that Denny Green rant right now because I should, because it's just that good. You know, I mean, we, we just, we, the Bears are what we thought they were. What, what we thought they were. We played them in preseason. Who the hell takes a third game in a preseason like it's bull? We played them in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. And that's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. And we let them off the hook. That's right, coach. We let them off the hook. Steelers let them off the hook. <laughs> but the Steelers <laughs> got caught up in my throat there. But no, the Steelers are who we thought they were. They should be. They should be. So, look, I'm an optimist. We know this. If you listen to my podcast, you know, hey, Jeff's going to try to spin this in a positive way, some way, shape, or form. He's going to try to find a way. That's just who I am. It's my nature. It's my nature to want to find the positive in a situation. And in this current situation with the Steelers, you got to be an optimist. But I'm also a realist. And when, I'm a, when I say I'm a realist, that's not a pessimist. That means I can understand that the situation that's presented, okay, is that reality should we be shocked by this and the answer is what we're seeing by the Steelers shouldn't shock anyone shouldn't shock anyone at all so what I want to do is I'm going to go through and kind of break down some of the stuff that if you're a fan of this football team you shouldn't be surprised (laughs) you really shouldn't okay Like, like number one on the list injuries you shouldn't be shocked that there's injuries how often in your life I don't care if you're 5, 10, 25, 65, 85, 95, 105, doesn't matter. Tell me a season that a Pittsburgh Steelers team has played where there has not been an injury to a a key player at all. At all. I'll wait. I can't wait because I would never be here. Every season has had an injury. Think about the years that Ben's been hurt. Think about the years that Jerome Bettis got banged up. Think about the years when Willie Parker broke his leg. Think about the years uh, that Troy Palomalu battled like the, the Achilles injury. Think about years that you had injuries to even players like Heinz Ward who missed some time. It happens every year. Yeah, the Steelers were pretty healthy leaving the preseason, but no one in their right mind said, I think this team's going to stay healthy for 17 games. There were going to be games like what we saw on Sunday Night Football in Week 11 when the Steelers were decimated on the defensive side with injuries and also the fact that Minka Fitzpatrick wasn't available due to the NFL's COVID-19 policy and protocols. So with you add all that together, yeah, that's going to happen. Again, you should have expected that to happen. Also, like the offensive line. If we're talking about position groups, we knew there were going to be bumps in the road in the offensive line. The offensive line, in my opinion, boy, they've gotten better. They have gotten better. So when you think about Kevin Dotson being on IR, that's that hurts. It hurts a lot. He's, I think, one of their best offensive linemen. But ultimately, this group and unit as a whole has improved by leaps and bounds since week one. You know, I wrote an article for the website on Tuesday, which was, is the Steelers' complete game, is it... Something that we can expect, meaning the offense and defense play well together, or is this nothing but a pipe dream? And I went through each and every game, and I talked about how 
the Steelers in every single contest, win, lose, or tie, that they never were able to put everything together at once. You have a game like Sunday night where the offense scores 37 points. It's their first time breaking the 30-point plateau. And what does the defense do? Gives up 41. Or there's a time where you know, the defense is just standing on its head and the offense can't get out of their own way. Think about, uh, you know, I think about the 24 to 10 loss, I believe, to the Cincinnati Bengals. The offense was completely inept. I mean, so inept in every sense of that word. But the offensive line has improved as the season has progressed. So we knew it was going to be rough. We knew there was going to be ups and downs. We hoped for improvement and we're seeing it. That's important. It, it, it's, who, it's who we all thought they should be. It's who they thought they were. Next, Big Ben. I think when you know Big Ben, 39 years old, year 18 in the NFL, I feel like a lot of people, I don't know, they, they expected him to come out with a Superman cape on or something. Like, oh, okay, here comes Ben Roethlisberger. In 2019, completely had his elbow redone. 2020 starts out great, fades off at the end of the season. And now in 2021, for whatever reason, two years later, another year of wear and tear on his body, he's going to come out and just be lights out? No. Again, if you're a realist, this guy is who we thought he is and what he should be. He's not going to be the consistent quarterback we all want. It's just not who he is at this stage in his career. Is he? Does he give the Steelers the best chance to win? Absolutely. Is he still capable of making plays? No doubt about it. But at the same time, if you were expecting all pro Ben, something he's never done, by the way, well, I'm sorry, but you've got to take those black and gold glasses off sometimes and look at things in reality. I am watching Ben play, and he is actually exceeding my expectations for him in 2021. He is. He absolutely is. He's been more mobile. He has definitely had some issues with the deep ball. We knew that was going to come. Uh, I feel like he's really adapted well to Matt Canada's offense. He has done a job that no one thought he could. No one thought that Ben Roethlisberger in year 18 would be ready, willing, or able to say, I'm going to learn a completely new system, but he has. He's better than I expected. If you think about it that way, you might agree. Next, depth issues. When the, the NFL announced that the salary cap was going to be lowered, Everyone in their right mind should have known the depth is going to be an issue. The Steelers are going to keep the players they want to keep that they have to keep. You know, they are, they're going to keep the TJ Watts. They're going to make sure they bring in the Cam Suttons. They're going to sign Zach Banner. Now, some of the trades they've made, I know, questionable, <clears throat> Kella Weatherspoon. But nonetheless, the Steelers' depth is going to suffer when you can't keep key players that I guess you would view them as depth pieces, but when you lose starters, sometimes those depth pieces, because you can afford them, get thrust into roles they're not ready or prepared for. I love Cam Sutton, but look at what happened with Cam Sutton. If the Steelers could have paid Mike Hilton to stay, Cam Sutton wouldn't necessarily have to be in the role that he is now. Or, let me rephrase that, if they would have had the money to keep Steven Nelson, Cam Sutton would have been in the position that he always did, that he was really, really good at. And that is the versatile defensive back that can play in the dime. He can even slide down to the nickel if you have to. But the Steelers couldn't keep those players. They had to cut someone. They can't control the salary gaps issue. So they had to make these. The depth was going to be a problem. The debt, we knew it. 
If you had your black and gold glasses off, you knew that from the moment the news broke that the NFL salary cap was going to go down for the first time since since it became a thing. Next, the pass rushing depth. I mean, we know about the pass rushing, but we also know about the pass rushers. The Steelers lose Bud Dupree in free agency. They also lose Ola Denye. Now, the Steelers didn't want to keep him necessarily, but he goes and signs with Tennessee as well. And so now the Steelers are like, okay, well, who we have? We have TJ Watt, know that. We have Alex Highsmith, know that. Cassius Marsh was on the team, and that was it. That was it. So I talked about depth issues on the team, none greater than the pass rushers, in my opinion. Also, the inconsistencies of the football team. The inconsistencies of both offense and defense. The growing pains of young players being, I guess you'd kind of say, forced into into action earlier than maybe they would have been. I mean, let's be honest. Would James Pierre be playing if the Steelers had Cam Sutton, Steven Nelson, and Joe Hayden all available? If he was playing, it would be sparingly. He is going to be, I still think this, a very good cornerback, but he's going to take time, and unfortunately, the Steelers have had to thrust him into action much sooner than anticipated. So the inconsistencies that come with having these young players playing more than they probably should, who knew that Derek Tushka, or however you say his name, was going to see a game where he saw significant snaps? Who would have thought that Taco Charlton would be a stealer and play significant snaps in a Week 11 game on primetime? But that's part of the issue. It all ties in together. The depth issues, the inconsistencies, The Steelers are not a consistent football team. And so for them to go out and compete for a championship, that's what we're talking about here, people. You can say what you want. You can talk about the playoffs. But we all know deep down in our souls that the Pittsburgh Steelers fan base wants one thing and one thing only, and that's a championship. Provide anything other than a ring, and it's not good enough. Now, I'll sit here as an optimist and say that that's fickle and that the Steelers fan base is spoiled. We are both but that's how we gauge success as Steeler fans there you have it they're inconsistent and then the last one is that from the skilled players off of the after that and this again ties into the depth talk about a huge drop off talk about a huge drop off think about you know the Steelers lose Juju Smith-Schuster now the wide receiving depth has not been an issue still have James Washington still have Deontay Johnson still have Chase Claypool those are three good receivers and then who do you have after that? Ray Ray McLeod. Well, he's not done bad. has not done poorly, but that's quite the drop-off. And who do you have after that? Exactly. You're probably sitting there thinking, who is the other guy? Is it's is White? Is it White? It is. Talk about a precipitous drop-off of talent. Look at the pass rushers, which we talked about. You knew that if T.J. Watt got hurt, the drop-off was going to be significant. And yeah, they did have Melvin Ingram, and we know that he left, and whatever. You knew the drop-off was going to be significant. Inside linebacker. Think about what it was before they got Joe Schobert. And Joe Schobert, if he's been anything, it's been reliable in terms of being available. And Devin Bush has been inconsistent. After that, I mean, you have Spillane, UG3. At cornerback, you're talking about Justin Lane um, and some other positions. I mean, boy, you are really 
really getting to the bottom of the barrel. But that's what this is all about. These are the issues that we all knew the Steelers were going to have in 2021. The Steelers are who we thought they were. But is it bad? I don't think it's necessarily bad because I don't think the Steelers are a bad team. They might be struggling currently. They might be dealing with a lot of injuries, but I don't think they're a bad team right now. They're just a team that's trying to meander their way through a 17-game schedule, trying to win some football games, and trying to navigate these waters that for some, including the coaching staff, are all foreign. But we as fans should not be just, we shouldn't be surprised. We shouldn't be surprised with the injuries. We shouldn't be surprised with Ben. We shouldn't be surprised with the offensive line, the depth issues, the inconsistencies. It shouldn't surprise any of us if you are a little bit of a realist. Doesn't that doesn't mean don't don't under don't confuse this. Just because we should have we should have expected it doesn't mean we accept it, and we don't we don't expect better. Let's not confuse those there. The Steelers absolutely the fan base should say we demand the best product available. If we're going to pay money to go see this team, pay money for merchandise, pay money for jerseys, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, then we demand the best product available. It's tough. Are we getting it? Uh, I don't know. All right, let's go into the mailbag in the second segment. We'll be right back after this break, and I'm going to answer all my ride or die crew questions. Be right back. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second segment of my Wednesday podcast. That means one thing and one thing only, mailbag time. That's right. If you follow me on, on Twitter, it's at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. You'll see every Tuesday I put out, okay, Ryder die crew, you know the drill, time for questions. It can be Steelers questions, whatever. Mailbag segment. And then I put in a Shooter McGavin gift from my one of my favorite movies, Happy Gilmore, and everyone fires away. We got a lot of questions here. I'm going to answer every single one of them. Let's get this show on the road. Cheeseball10, he asked, I guess he or she asked, Jeff, did you at all wonder why Haig, talking about Joe Haig, was put in a guard, it put in at guard instead of BJ Finney? Also, with Ray Ray being placed on the COVID-19 list, is it time to be concerned about the COVID issues within the team? All right. So first question, you asked more than one, cheater, whatever. The first question, I was surprised that Haig was in there instead of Finney. The, the reason I wasn't surprised in week 10 was because Finney was inactive, but he was active on, on Sunday night, and they didn't put him in. That might change if they have time for prep, so they know that Dodson's not going to be available. Uh, now they know that J.C. Hassenauer is probably not going to be available because he left the game on Sunday night. So I wouldn't be shocked if B.J. Finney gets a fair shake there. On the other side of things with Ray Ray, which I didn't talk about at the beginning of the show, I should have the news that Ray Ray McLeod put on the COVID-19 list. That means either he's a close contact or he is someone that uh, tests positive. Am I concerned? Obviously, you're concerned about stuff like that. Every single week so far, the Steelers have had a player go on that list. You hope that trend stops soon. But what are you going to do? You know what I mean? All right, Steeler Dealer, he asked the question, Jeff, Devin Bush isn't playing up to expectations this year. Is there any notion that it's post-recovery mistrust of his knee 
or might it be the enormous pressure on middle linebackers in Pittsburgh? He's still young, and I remember what was being said about Bud at the same stage. Okay, Steeler Dealer, that's a great question. I love that point about Bud Dupree at the very end. Bud Dupree was not the only rookie, by the way, that was written off saying he was a bum, he was a bust. Go back to 2003 and look at some of the comments about Troy Palomalu. So Devin Bush, he's not playing up to expectations, but maybe our expectations were wrong. Maybe it was our expectations that we should have tailored them and said, are we putting too much pressure on this guy? He is coming off a major knee surgery. In my opinion, I think it's not just post-recovery mistrust, as you put it, but I think it's the pressure of the pressure to perform and the fact that he probably is sitting there thinking, okay, gosh, I, I really don't want to re-injure this knee. And it does take trust. It does take a lot of time. And that's why the, I've heard several NFL players say this publicly in interviews that when they tore an ACL or had a major surgery, it took a full season before they actually started to feel like themselves. So, you know, Devin Bush is in his third year. Next year, they're going to have to make a decision about his fifth-year option as a first-round draft pick. I would expect that next year the Steelers are looking at him saying, if we have a repeat of 2021, you're not going to be back for a fifth-year option. If we start to see that you're improving, you're getting that speed back, your sideline-to-sideline speed, because let's be honest, Devin Bush is not a giant in the middle of the field. He relied on his speed, quickness, and intelligence. His speed and quickness is gone right now. At least it's not he's not trusting it. So now he's just another inside linebacker. But great question, Steeler Dealer. Lori asks, this is not a great team right now. <laughs> no, it's not, Lori. <laughs> good, good statement. They are banged up still. Ben gives the team the best chance to win, and he proved that on Sunday. Should the Steelers try to convince him to stay another year? Hashtag Ryder Die Crew. Well, Lori, thank you for using the hashtag. I don't know if the Steelers are going to have to convince Roethlisberger to stay another year. You know, other podcasters on our platform have said in several shows that, well, this could be Ben's last whatever. Maybe it's his last trip to Cleveland. Maybe it's his last trip to L.A. Maybe it's his last Monday night football game. Maybe it's his last whatever. Maybe last time wearing color rush. But I don't don't think anyone said that, but still you get my point. I don't, I'm not so sure that the Steelers are going to have to convince Ben to come back. The question will be, do they want Ben back? Do they want to have seven back? Or are they ready to say, we've got these void years built into his contract. Let's just, let's just dump it. Let's just get a new slate with a new quarterback and a new regime. Let's just start fresh. I think Ben's going to want to come back, especially if this year doesn't end well. If the year doesn't end well, Even if the Steelers make the postseason and they don't win a game, but they get into the playoffs, I could see Ben looking at this roster and saying, boy, there's some young talent on this roster. And he went through a year with a lot of rookies playing. There's a lot of growing pains there. He might say, I want to give this another go. If the Steelers will have me back, I'd love to give this another another shot and see what I can do with some of these young players after they've had a year under their belt. I don't think they're going to have to convince him to stay. They might have to say, hey, thanks, but no thanks, Ben. We'll see. MDibs24, if you could add non-superstar player in Steelers history to this team like Aaron Smith or Dan Kreider, who would you add? One for both sides of the ball. So if I could add a non-superstar player in Steelers history 
to this current team. Okay, one for each side of the ball. For me, I'm going to go on the offensive side, and I'm going to go with center Jeff Hardings. Jeff Hardings, I feel like, is one of the best free agent acquisitions that this team has ever had. And when he joined the Steelers, I want to say it might have been like 2002, 2003, he finished his career in Pittsburgh, and boy, did he finish with a bang, his, I think, 2005 with his last season when they won the Super Bowl. So that's where I'm going to go on offense. On defense, I'm going to go with the other player that I thought would have been was the best free agent acquisition that I can remember. Yeah, everyone talks about Kevin Green, but Kevin Green didn't stay in Pittsburgh long. I'm going to go with Potsy. You don't know who Potsy is? Well, you're not a real fan. But two, that was James Ferrier. Put James Ferrier on the inside. That guy could stop the run. He could cover. I'm talking about when it was in his prime. The guy that could have almost won Defensive Player of the Year. That James Ferrier. Put him on the team. I don't think he was a superstar. So I hope that fits your criteria. Good question. Brian Haynes asked a couple questions here. First, would you trade Cam Hayward for two first-rounders? Hashtag Ryder Dykeru. Well, first, Brian, I don't think anyone would trade two first-rounders for Cam Hayward. I just don't. He, he doesn't play a position that's common in the NFL, um, and, and also it's not a flashy position. Would I trade him? I wouldn't trade him. No, I wouldn't. Next question for Brian, is TJ Watt the biggest difference maker this team has had in 20 years? Whew. That's tough to say that when you have, in that 20-year span, in that 20-year window, you have players like James Harrison, Troy Polamalu. I mean, some really really good players that were big-time difference makers. I'm going to say that the answer is not yet. Not yet, but if he continues on this path, he absolutely will. Last one from Brian. Can we, in your optimistic opinion, win out? Hashtag Ryder Dockery. Thank you, Brian, for all the questions. Winning out is not the goal here, folks. I predicted you can go all the way back to when the schedule came out. I said that I felt this Steelers team would win. 10 games, double-digit wins. Actually, that might have gone anywhere between 10 and 13, depending on the podcast, depending on the interview, whatever. So a double-digit win season, can they win five? That's going to be difficult with the teams that you look. I mean, they still have a Thursday nighter in Minnesota on the road in Cincinnati this week. They host the Ravens. They host the Titans. They go to Arrowhead. They have another game against Cleveland at home. They have another game against Baltimore on the road. A really tough stretch. To finish it. But again, like we've seen in the National Football League, you just never know what's going to happen. Every team that's been considered the best, this is the best, this team is the best. Guess what they've done? They've fallen flat on their faces. Tennessee Titans did it last week. I mean, so you have these games, Buffalo Bills. I mean, it, everyone that thinks that they're going to be the world beater, this, this AFC is wide open. Anyone can win and anyone can lose. That doesn't just apply to the Steelers. It applies to the whole AFC playoff picture. So when you're thinking, oh my gosh, this team is, someone's going to run away with this thing. Don't be so sure. Seven teams get in. Don't be shocked if a nine-win team makes the playoffs. All right. Thomas, he asks, what ways can we fix this offensive line? With Dotson out, this core isn't holding up too well. Can we move some parts around? Get Banner involved? Something. Hashtag Ryder Die Crew. Thank you, Thomas. Fixing the offensive line is not an easy task in by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, fixing it's not just going to be, well, all right, you're in go. I personally think that B.J. Finney would be the better option to fill in for Dotson. I thought he was a better option even before Hassenauer went in. And 
I hope that he is the one that gets to start and not Joe Haig. Not that I don't trust Joe Haig, but my goodness, let's get a player in there that is a trusted guard that's played the position and played it well for the Pittsburgh Steelers, mind you. I'd play B.J. Finney. Other than that, I don't feel the need to make any changes. Maybe you put Banner out there as an extra, as a tight end, like an eligible. I don't know. I don't feel like that the tackles are the problem. The problem is the interior. It's Kendrick Green. Who are you going to make a change for there? You're not. Not at least right now. So that's the best I can give you. Believers in next year. That's his Twitter handle. He's changed it a bunch. He said, me watching Kendrick Green the entire game. I've heard a helping of I've heard of helping at left tackle with blocking. Can we chip a defensive tackle? I'm almost out of believing. And it's a gif of uh from Happy Gilmore where Bob Barker tosses his club and says, This guy sucks. I'm not about to say that Kendra Green is awful yet. Um, I know that Michael Beck wrote an article we're going to run early on uh, Wednesday morning on the website, so check it out. And it's about should the Steelers kind of abandon this project? Because I think most would agree that it is a project. And Kendra Green played primarily guard at Illinois. So I could understand why some people are like, you know what, just can it. Let's just let's move him to guard and let's find a way to make it work. I'm not willing to abandon ship just yet. I know it's been bad. He's a rookie. Give him a chance to learn and to grow. They have to. All right, Evan Savage is what's been proven this season is that when healthy, this team can beat anyone. Going into December, can a healthy Steelers team make a big push for the division, or do you think they've squandered that opportunity? Well, Evan, that's a great question. I agree that maybe, just maybe, if I were to tell you that this team could flip the script that was written in 2020. Think about what 2020 was. They went 11-0, finished 12-4 and down the stretch. I mean, completely fizzle, fall flat on their face, have no momentum going into the playoffs. If I told you that this team, although inconsistent, although unreliable at times, was able to somehow, some way, when it mattered the most, turn it on and go on a winning streak going into the playoffs, being a red-hot team, would you think this team could have a chance in the postseason? I sure as heck could, because if they go into a run against this slate of games and they get into the re- the postseason, we've seen it. The NFL, I just said it, is wide open. So I do think that a healthy Steelers team, and that's going to be key, a healthy Steelers team can make a push for the division, and they can definitely make a push for the uh, playoffs, just getting into the dance. Might not be by the division championship, but just getting in. Great question. Jay Campbell says, what's your opinion on the significance of winning the next two games? Would you agree these games are pivotal for us making a playoff push? Don't think we're a Super Bowl contender, but definitely playoff capable. Hashtag RODC for Ride or Die Crew. Thank you, Jay Campbell. So the next two games are big, but that's just because of the next two games. And it just happens that they're division games at Cincinnati, home versus the Ravens. So for me, I think about that it is... It is a pivotal stretch of the season. It is pivotal for them to make the playoffs. You say they're not a Super Bowl contender. Okay, that's fine. I'm not going to disagree with you there. But they are playoff capable, like you said. If they were to lose these two games, is it a gut punch? Yes. Does it mean that they are not going to make the postseason? It just made it a heck of a lot diff- diff- more. Uh, let me start over. It made it a heck of a lot more difficult to get into the postseason. But until they're mathematically eliminated, they still have a shot. So, uh, like I said, I've said it before, I'll say it again. In a, in a year where the AFC especially, you have teams losing for no reason. I mean, the Cincinnati Bengals, you know, they're red hot. They're the top team in the AFC. 
They go to New York and lose to the Jets. This, these games are happening, folks. So right when you think, up, oh, they're done. The Steelers are done. Toast, stick a fork in them. They're dead. Dead to rights. Maybe not. Maybe not. All right, RJ. He says, with Ray Ray on COVID, who do you think should take his spot And if he's not eligible to play this weekend? So unless Ray Ray McLeod is just considered a, high, a close contact, He's probably going to miss the game. So we saw Joey Bosa for the Chargers was a close contact. He never had symptoms, never tested positive. He played on Sunday night. So if Ray Ray can't play, Sims, uh, he's he could be a COVID call-up uh, from the practice squad, and that's, uh, I can't remember his first name, but he played for Washington, has returner capabilities, also can play wide receiver. They also have uh, Anthony Miller on the practice squad that could be promoted for the wide receiver position. So they do have options, RJ. Good question. Ken David. He says, teacher, optimist, coach, twin here. That's right. This is <laughs> Ken is like my twin. We're both teachers. He's an optimist. He had has coaching experience. All right. Ken says, hard to be hard to be happy with Sunday night, but I definitely came away pleased with parts of the offense. Who, player or group, do you think can stand out the rest of the way to help the team the most? I think that honestly, it's Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, so much pressure has been put on Najee Harris to kind of carry this team. And it's time for Ben to be able to do that, at least a little bit. I'm not straying from where he needs to be, like 25 to 35 uh, attempt range. I'm not leaving that, but just making big plays, making the plays that matter the most. Think back to Sunday night, the first quarter, I think it was the first quarter, definitely the first half. Chase Claypool's deep. He's open, wide open. Literally walks into the end zone if Ben leads him. He throws it behind him. He has to fall down to catch it. They get tackled, I think, on the six-yard line. They get zero points from that because they went for it on fourth down, and they failed. That's a play Ben has to make. So that's when I say he's the one that has to step up to help everyone out the most. Great question, though, Ken. Ivan, and he's a, he has, his Twitter handle is the worst five, four, and one team. Love it. He said, why does a certain portion of the fan base believe Sean McVay, Sean Payton, and other coaches that have less impressive resumes than Coach Tomlin would be better? I'll take Tomlin over Sean Payton any day. And side note, I got worst record in history because last year's worst 11-0. and I love it. So for me, um, I look at this and say, when you're talking about coaches, everyone forgets that Every single NFL team that was looking for a head coach after 2008, 2009, they were asking their general manager ownership was saying, I want the next Mike Tomlin. Find me the next Mike Tomlin. And so for some reason, I don't know why, maybe it's the fact that he had some down years. He's been doing it a long time. You're going to have some years that are better than others. I'm not so sure, but still, I look at Mike Tomlin and say, the dude's got it, you know? It sometimes it is just tough to kind of put your wrap your head around, but he's got it. And so for me, I'm looking at, I'm looking at. I, I agree with you, Ivan. I wouldn't want any of those other coaches. No way. Paul asks, as of now, do you see Kendrick Green being the starting center next season? Hashtag Ryder I crew. Good question, Paul. Kind of talked about this earlier. I'm going to say that he's at least coming into camp as a starter, unless the Steelers get a veteran or they draft another center. In which case, that would change things. But as of right now, yeah, I do. I think he is. Room temperature mulligan. 
He said, do you think right now Ben's learning more, leaning more towards retirement or coming back in 2022? And if he retires, do you think they'll roll with Mason, God forbid, or bring in some veteran bridge quarterback? Hashtag Ryder Dykrug. So I think that Ben, I said this in an interview I did uh, just the other day with someone, and it was their radio show, and they asked me basically the same question. And I said that I literally think that Ben, every single year, he sits down and says, do I really want to play again? And he, I don't think he knows right now. I really don't think he has any idea whether he's going to play football in 2022. He's just trying to play out this season. But I think that he has this itch to want to win and to want to win another ring. And unless he gets hurt, I think that if he's healthy, he'll want to come back. If he retires, though, they do have Mason Rudolph for a year. They can easily bring back uh, Dwayne Haskins. But I, I can see Ben, I can see not Ben, I can see Mike Tomlin saying, I want to get a guy. And I said this guy last Friday, if you listen to my podcast with Michael Beck, I could see him going after someone that's not going to cost a ton of money, has some upside, has some pedigree, and you know is capable of that running that scheme. You know, the, the scheme that we see with Matt Canada wanting a more mobile quarterback, RPOs. And it's... It's, it's some people are going to laugh, but it's it's Marcus Mariota. And he has a lot of the things that Matt Canada likes in a quarterback. So I'm not saying that's who I necessarily want, but I could see them taking that route over some of the alternatives. I do agree with something Michael Beck said last Friday, though, and he said he's fine with that move, but they need to have a succession, a succession plan. I think I said that right. They need to have a plan in place so that – if and when, like a Mariota or a Rudolph or a Haskins, if they don't work out, okay, who's the young guy that's learning and that can take over? You know what I mean? So they keep that in mind. Burn down the jungle says Lindsay question mark. I think he's talking about Philip Lindsay, who was recently rumored to be released by the Texans. Um, the Steelers might put in a waiver claim for him. I like Philip Lindsay. Runs really, really hard. Uh, would be a. I think he'd be an upgrade over everyone that they have on their. Uh, depth chart right now but at the same time i don't know if he would play special teams that's a big question well i don't know we'll see last question here british owen david of uh, brit britsburg i'm sorry owen david he says ben starting the show visible signs of frustration with matt canada and should ben be given more control over the offense hashtag rider Dyker. well first things first i have no clue how much control he does or does not have neither do you Owen neither does anyone else listening to this podcast unless they somehow are privy to meetings and uh planning and all that stuff that happens behind closed doors so I have no doubt I have no wonder if maybe Ben does have more say now than he did earlier in the season so I, I don't know about that but is he showing visible signs of frustration I think he's just showing visible frustration with the offense and that, that doesn't necessarily have to mean that it's a frustration with the coordinator. And so I'll draw from my own personal experience. When I coached, I coached the offense. And there were times where my players would get frustrated. And sometimes they would get frustrated with themselves. Sometimes they get frustrated with their teammates for not making a play. And sometimes they would get frustrated with me for calling a specific play, a specific set, mana play, or something like that. Like that, that all happens. And never once, if I had a player come off and say, Coach, that was a, that was a stupid call. It's, it's not going to work. Never once did I say, Oh, how dare you? 
you said what? No, they have every right to give me their opinion. They're on the field. So if Ben's out there and he's like, "Come on, this can't, this can't work," he's probably going to the sideline. He's probably getting on the head headset and he's talking to Matt Canada, saying, "Look, like we can't do that. It's just not going to work." Matt Canada is not doing the. Oh my gosh, this isn't middle school, people. Like it isn't middle school where people are take. I cannot believe you just said that about me. Let's we're adults. We should be, or at least act like it sometimes. Anyways, all right, I do want to plug something. Dave Schofield and I, we, <laughs> I still can't believe this. We actually, uh, in our town here in Maryland, uh, there's this big barn, and they put in these Christmas trees, and you, if you have an organization, you can volunteer to decorate a tree. And it's really cool. After Thanksgiving, you can go through, you can check out all the trees. There are some really cool-looking trees. And Dave and I decided, and Dave had done this before me, to do a Steeler tree. And so we did it, and I took a photo. Our our kids were there, but my wife took the picture, and it was just Dave and I in front of the tree. And so I put it on Twitter. You might have seen it if you follow me on Twitter or Dave on Twitter. And, boy, it got a lot of traction. Like, I was really kind of shocked. And KDKA Fan Nation, I think, or I think that's how it's called, Fan and, and Nash, Nation, yeah, whatever. KDKA, this, this, that's obviously a Pittsburgh uh, CBS channel they actually had dave and i on via zoom and our show is going to run on christmas day i believe it's either going to be the 11th or the 25th the producer said he's leaning towards the 25th so you'll have to check us out both online i'm sure they'll have it on twitter Uh, i'm sure i'll retweet it or whatnot but uh, on christmas day you have to check it out it's dave and i talking about what it's like living in maryland as fans what the work the work that we do for behind the steel curtain.com and it was a lot of fun we had a great time telling some stories so make sure you check that out all right folks i went long i hope you don't mind i don't mind um i'm off work for the rest of the week so that's pretty sweet uh and i'm gonna enjoy it i'm gonna enjoy it i'm gonna go out and hit the crap out of a golf ball tomorrow hopefully i don't hit it too many times and uh at the same time i'm also gonna grill some turkey and i'm gonna sit back and i'm gonna watch some football and i'm gonna enjoy family i hope you can do the same i want to say one last time a thank you to all the listeners out there uh we are nothing without you the listener and i want to wish everyone in the continental united states of america a very happy thanksgiving wherever you are however you do it be thankful we can all do that that's important all right folks you know how i finished out here be safe be kind and god bless happy thanksgiving to steelers